Good morning. It's Friday, February 23rd. I'm Beth Golay, and this is Wichita's Early Edition from KMUW News. This weekend, the Wichita band Vehicle celebrates the 10th anniversary of its album, This Bluebird Wants Me Dead. The band's Cody Cloud says that the lyrics on the album have a different resonance for him today. At the time, I thought I knew what the Bluebird was 10 years ago, but I think if I had renamed that record now, I'd call it uh, This People Pleasing is Gonna Kill Me. That's coming up after the news. Kansas teens in foster care may soon be able to choose relatives or close friends to become their custodial parents. As Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports, the Kansas House approved a bill yesterday that would give foster children more options. The bill would allow the teens in Kansas foster care to choose multiple adults to serve as a custodian and also would require the teens' consent to the arrangement. Older foster children can be placed with foster parents or adopted, but many children end up bouncing around homes and aging out of care without being adopted. Republican Representative Susan Concannon says the change would provide foster children a stronger support system and a better future. And to become productive members of a much-needed workforce and to develop healthy families of their own. Supporters say Kansas would be the first state to establish this arrangement. The bill now heads to the Kansas Senate. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Dylan Lyson in Overland Park. Pregnant women in Kansas would have to get an ultrasound before having an abortion under a new bill introduced by Republican lawmakers. As Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports, it's one of two abortion restrictions introduced this week. Abortion opponents say an ultrasound can help detect potential safety risks before an abortion. But critics call the bill an extreme attempt to interfere in private medical decisions. Lawmakers can't ban abortion because of protections in the state constitution, but they can still try to restrict the procedure. Another bill would establish a felony offense for coercing someone to obtain an abortion. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Daniel Caudle at the State House. A new set of regulations to build utility-scale solar projects in Sedgwick County cleared the Planning Commission yesterday. The county commission is revisiting the rules as some companies consider developing solar farms in West Sedgwick County. The new rules propose further limiting solar panels' height and requiring groundwater testing, but they don't add restrictions on the farm's size or where they can be built. Jim Lineber is a farmer near Colwich who is considering leasing his land to a solar company. He asked the planning commission to approve the regulations. I hope and pray that you have the common sense not to put a ban on solar farms in areas of influence or to limit the size of the solar farm and respect our property rights. The Sedgwick County Commission is expected to vote on the regulations in March. The Sedgwick County Commission has voted to increase pay for emergency communications workers by 6%. The workers take 911 calls and dispatch police, fire, and EMS workers to emergencies. County staff says the goal of the increase is to bring salaries closer to other public safety workers like firefighters and paramedics. The starting salaries of an emergency service call taker is now close to $42,000, while a beginning dispatcher would make $46,000. The starting salaries of firefighters and paramedics are $53,000 and $50,000, respectively. Free naloxone vending machines are being placed across Kansas, including Wichita, to combat the growing number of opioid overdoses. KMUW's Kylie Cameron has more. 
The vending machines are one of the latest tools used to distribute the life-saving medicine that reverses an opioid overdose. Machines were installed in Reno County and downtown Wichita. Residents can access the naloxone by simply inputting their zip codes into a keypad. Brian Beyer from Blue Cross Blue Shield says in Kansas, nearly 400 people a year die of an accidental opioid overdose. Behind that statistics, those are, those are sons, daughters, parents, neighbors. We all know somebody who's been afflicted. Another vending machine is located in Douglas County at the Lawrence Transit Center. More machines are expected in northeast Kansas and Crawford County in the southeast part of the state. For KMUW News, I'm Kylie Cameron. Workers at a West Wichita Starbucks have voted against forming a union. A news release from Starbucks says employees at the Central and Tyler store voted 13 to 5 against union representation. Wednesday's vote must be certified by the National Labor Relations Board. Employees at hundreds of Starbucks nationally have filed to form unions over the last few years. This week, 21 stores filed organizing petitions with federal labor officials. In Wichita, the Starbucks at Central and Rock formed a union in 2022, and another store at 21st and Amadon voted no the same year. New data shows some farmers in Kansas live on areas of land where the aquifer isn't robust and is at a higher risk of depletion. Kaylin Moore of the Kansas News Service has more. The study from the University of Nebraska explores the connection between aquifer thickness and water supplies that farmers rely on during drought. Aquifer thickness refers to the volume of water. Places with a thick aquifer can produce more water, but the aquifer in Kansas can vary wildly. Nick Brozovich is an author of the study. He says farmers on thin aquifers could quickly deplete the water pumping the same rate as someone on thick aquifers, leading to failed crops during dry periods. Uh, the, the ripple effect to preserve aquifers in the long term is that you're able to sustain the production of you know, profitable, nutritious food. Brozovich says the data could help Kansas farmers understand the health of the aquifer and how much water they can sustainably use. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Kaylin Moore in Liberal. The Wichita Public Library will host its annual Academy Awards Short Film Festival next month. The library will screen films in the live action, animation, and documentary categories. The library began the film festival in 1986. All nominees are less than 40 minutes long. The films are not rated and some may not be suitable for children. Screenings will begin March 2nd at the Advanced Learning Library. There will also be screenings during the week at the Rockwell and Alford branches. More information is at wichitalibrary.org. We'll be back after this. On the latest episode of Into Music, Johnny Iguana discusses his time with blues greats Junior Wells and Otis Rush. I wrote down some stories that he told about what, what to do if I was ever in the city of Chicago and a lion was chasing me. He instructed me to jump into a swimming pool. That was my way to safety. That's Into Music, a new podcast from KMUW. You can find it at KMUW.org, on your KMUW app, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Wichita's Early Edition. I'm Beth Goulet. This weekend, the Wichita band Vehicles will celebrate the 10th anniversary of its album, This Bluebird Wants Me Dead, with a performance at Wave. The band's Cody Cloud recently spoke with KMUW's Jed Bodwin, who has more.
Take me back to the recording of this Bluebird Wants Me Dead. You worked with Wayne Spriggs and McCage Ryan, two seasoned studio veterans. And McCage, you know, for, for many people who maybe don't know, was with Airhouse Studios for a long time. And I understand that Wayne had some pretty strong ideas about the record as you went in to record. Uh, he, he really just wanted to put some time and money really into recording a, a good record with this band, and which was great because, you know, we had just done as best we could at that time. So it was, it was a little different writing and recording that record just because there was a lot more emphasis put on what you can do in a studio. And we were all kind of learning in that moment. And so that was, uh, that was a really fun kind of growth for the band. It was the first record we really got some production uh, guidance. Two records before that, we had just, just a band who went in and recorded our songs and didn't really alter them or change them or edit them. We just kind of went in how they were and that was it. But that was unique because like, when McCage Ryan was at Airhouse, he he would very much come in and just say, oh, that's, that's not a good part. This needs to be better. Or he would just rearrange things and we really got produced uh, a bit more for the first time. And that was, that was pretty unique to that situation. I remember speaking with you when the record was coming out in 2014 and talking a little bit about the lyrical themes and this idea of the bluebird of happiness and this sense that on one hand you were really engaged with something that mattered to you but there was this struggle with it because there was a price to pay. Right, yeah. I've, I've thought about that. At the time, I thought I knew what the Bluebird was 10 years ago, but I think if I'd rename that record now, I'd call it uh, This People Pleasing is Going to Kill Me. So I think that was more what that record lyrics are about. It's just like just my own self like trying to people please so much. The longer those songs are around, that's more what that, those songs mean, I think, to me. We talked a little bit about what changed for the band in terms of recording the music. What changed after the record came out? Did you see maybe a change in your audience who was coming to shows, that sort of thing? From my perspective, it seemed like the two records before that, it was just, it seemed like a lot of friends, everybody I sort of recognized would come see us play. And at that record, it seemed like Lots and lots of other people came that I just didn't know. There was more strangers coming to see us, and it's that's been really sweet. I mean, it was great. That's um, what you'd want. That was kind of the first time I really noticed that change. Fast. You have this anniversary show for the record coming up at Wave. And when a band celebrates the anniversary of a record, there are kind of two ways that they can approach that, which is sometimes they just come out and play some of the material from the record, acknowledge that it's however many years old, and then other bands will sort of play it front to back. Which which approach are you taking for this show? We're just going to play it front to back. That's been fun, because a lot of those songs really changed a lot over the years, new members and just playing them live, the arrangements, so... We haven't played it all back to back since the record came out and then these practices, it's there's to hear it all together with all those new things, it's like, oh, should we re record this record? Like <laughs> but it's 
we're not, but it's it's still just very interesting because it's, it's the same record, but it's just very different and really interesting, and it's fun to kind of revisit it like that. Vehicles performs at Wave tomorrow night. You can read more of this story at kmuw.org. Thanks for joining us for Wichita's Early Edition. This week's podcasts were produced and edited by Tom Shine, Luann Stevens, and Haley Krausen. Contributors this week include Lauren Amalunke, Jed Bodwin, Kylie Cameron, Daniel Cottle, Rose Conlin, Kate Grumke, Celia Hack, Stephen Caranda, Celia Yopis Jepson, Dylan Lyson, Blaze Mesa, Kaylin Moore, Suzanne Perez, Beck Shackelford Wanganga, Tom Shine, and Becky Tanner. For KMUW News, I'm Beth Golay. Wichita's Early Edition is part of the NPR Podcast Network. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.